0: welcome to the dfs free game show i'm jordan cooper aka blender ed blender hd you can follow me there on twitter and uh this is when i wake up in the morning it's 11 in the morning eastern every weekday on the roto grinders youtube channel and i go over yesterday's slate uh we talk a little bit about today's slate we answer uh we i answer your strategy question so if you're in that YouTube chat. I could see you guys in there right now. David Oak, Shane Newman, Shane Beaver. Are they related to each other? You got the Newman, you got the Beaver. That's perfect. That's perfectly fine with me. Card fan, Robbie Steves. Robbie Steves. He was in our uh, roto Grinders Discord, our premium Discord. He had a he had a pretty nice hit last night. So good morning to you. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those thummy thumbs hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. You know, that's the only way to keep my apple juice cold, right? This used to be a bit where it was keeping my coffee warm, but I don't drink coffee anymore. So it, it, it doesn't make any sense, but do it anyway. Hit hit whatever buttons. It helps us out here on YouTube. Uh, we have Lucas Yonetsko in the chat who says uh, he faded the heat. He just closed the laptop. Yes, yeah, last, last night, uh, you probably thought to yourself, if you haven't been playing DFS for that long, especially NBA, if you have not played NBA DFS for that long, you probably had a lineup that like scored a ton of points that you've never, you've never scored that many points in your life. And then you look and you're like, I I barely cashed, right? But that's what happens on slates where one, you have uh, a team that's only using eight players and they're all underpriced, right? And they all all get there and they're all chalky. So, I mean, we had a slate where uh, the Heat sixers game not only did did these players get there in in the in the regulation they even had five minutes extra in in overtime so if you pretty much needed like four heat in your lineup because we had guys like precious achua he was 3100 he put up like what 10x Tyler hero put up like 8x at 6700 kelly Olynyk went five or six x uh, for only fifty three hundred, you had uh, uh Gabe Vincent for twelve x or something, and he was he was minimum price. Iggy went for like seven x, right? And he was thirty three hundred. So when you have all the, when you have when you have players that are both severely underpriced as well as extremely owned, like you're not gaining anything. This is the, this is the whole point of what relative value is. In DFS. If you're thinking, oh, I scored 380 points and like uh, I kind of I, I won, right? Oh, oh, okay. I, I got like three X on my on my entries, right? You know, okay, came in uh, you know, 614th or something. Uh, I've never scored 380 points before. Well, it's not about scoring 380 points, it's about scoring points that scoring 380 when other people are only scoring 250 right when we have ownerships like 59% on Precious 44 uh, 54% on Tyler Hero but Kevin Durant had a 64 point game at nearly 50% ownership uh Sabonis I mean Sabonis 30% 46 points which is fine but in the comparison of the slate you didn't need him Gabe Vincent was uh, in, in a quarter of the lineups in the fadeaway and he he was like he was minimum price and he got 36 so if you had those guys in your lineup, you, like, you weren't doing anything different. Everyone else, not everyone, but a lot of the field of, uh, of the contest was also getting those points. So it highlights the fact that uh, when the chalk goes off, that the scores are going to be high. So just having those chalk pieces doesn't isn't gonna help you necessarily alone win a gpp it's how did you get different besides that where did you find relative value where did you find points that other players were not getting users in your contest were not getting that could put you above them so we see in uh in yesterday's contest uh red Code 85 he took down the big uh, uh 60 uh, 600k fade away 100k to first and uh i mean pretty much uh i, th- I think you needed danny green Right. Danny, Danny Green was 4% owned and he put up 61.5 points. And uh, which, which is, which is fitting because he was, he was like the stone chalk the day before. Right. When, when all, when, when Ben Simmons was out and, and it's like, okay, well, now we're, gonna, we're, we're playing the Sixers game. Like we played the, uh, the heat game. And Danny Green went 0 for nine. Uh, well now they, he, he took like 25 shots. I think he had nine threes on, uh, on yesterday's slate. And uh, at four percent ownership, it was owned enough. Redcoat had five percent. So it's not, it's not like it's not like Redcoat was like all in on Danny Green, just happened to have him in the lineup that won. But you could see most of the sharp players. I pulled up some of them that did well or did reasonably well, had reasonably high finishing lineups. I mean, it was hard to not play heat if you X'd out the heat. Like uh, I mentioned before, who, who in the chat X'd out the Heat, right? Faded the Heat, Lucas it, It's It was nearly impossible on yesterday's DFS pregame show. I mean, we knew about this situation. We knew that the Heat were only going to be running with, at max, like eight players. I mean, Miles Leonard got ruled out. So that opened up like, who's going to play in the front court? You got Precious, you got you got Silva, you got olinic. And then you still like Robinson and Hero and Vincent. All these guys, Iggy had to play like 28 minutes and they're all cheap. So it was very hard based on, on the projections. Like I showed yesterday that if you just X'd out all the heat and tried to build lineups, your projection would be tanked by 20 points. And you can't just give up 20 points like that in most contests. So if you just faded the heat completely, you did something wrong. It didn't matter that they all, they all smashed but you're doing something strategically wrong. Doesn't mean you have to play all of them. Like, turns out, turns out yesterday, if you played all of them, you did fine. But if you played two in your lineup, three in your lineup, not four or five, okay, I get that. If you if you said, I'll play Precious, but I'm going to fade Olenek. If you're going to say, I'm going to play Robinson, but fade Hero. If you're going to say, I'm going to play Iggy, I'm going to play Iggy and Hero, but, but not play Precious and play Olenek and play another center. Like, at least at least then you could make reasonably higher projected lineups by doing so, but by fading them completely, uh, uh, that was, that was suicide yesterday, but that allowed you to get up to other studs. So uh, you see a lot of the lineups across, across uh, a lot of sharp players like squirrel patrol, petty theft. uh, I mean, they contained all heat. I mean, it was heat, heat, heat. And like, what were the studs that you used? Some people use Curry and Sabonis. Okay. I get that. A lot of people Durant. Okay. But like someone like forsaken went under on for uh, Durant and paired up the heat players with someone like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid because they're in the same game. If all those heat guys are going to do well. Probably the Sixers are going to do well. And the Sixers were, were light on people also, right? Toby Harris was out. Uh, Seth Curry was out. So they were operating somewhat shorthanded. Just their prices got moved up a little, From the last game and they got ben simmons back so i get it ben simmons ended up putting up like one or two shots total he still scored 31 points but pretty much he needed danny green in those types of combinations but you could see that it was we're gonna get a bunch of heat and then we're gonna pay up elsewhere we also saw that uh javel mcgee uh, ended up being a a play when drummond was ruled out eight minutes after lock because Obviously, in this day and age of NBA, if you're playing NBA DFS and you're not paying attention, uh, even after lock, uh, you're you're going to be far behind. So, uh, so I, I tweeted out, "Imagine making lineups before lock, right? Because you never know." So Drummond was ruled out uh, eight minutes after lock for the for the. It's it still there was still 22 minutes before that game, uh, so a lot of people uh, switched over to Javale McGee. He was 3800. Uh, Javale was probably going to play. I mean, we had him projected as playing like about 28 minutes and Thon Maker playing 20. Uh, but then Thon Maker came in and played three minutes and apparently uh, not good enough. And McGee came back, but that game blew out. So you only got McGee for about, I think, 18 to 20 minutes that game. But you see a lot of sharp players. Like once, once they see that, the guy's going to be under-owned. If we knew, if we knew Andre Drummond was sitting at noon that day, McGee would have been like twice as own. Right, at least. I it mean, it, it's going to be hard for him to be ridiculously owned because we have Kelly Olynyk that fills a center spot. So, uh, we have uh, Precious that fills a center spot. Durant that fills a power forward spot. It's going to—he's you know, center only, JaVale McGee. So he wouldn't have been like super duper jock, like seventy percent, but he would have been up there. He would have been up in this range. So. Take advantage of that, that a lot of people on DraftKings and on FanDuel, you could do it on FanDuel. He was a, f- a power forward eligible, so it made it a little bit easier. Although, the, you know, you, you either were paying up at center or doing nothing on FanDuel. Uh, but take advantage of that. You're, you're watching this now. You're, you're, at, you're at DFS school here in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning on YouTube for Roto-Grinders. Uh, I'm telling you that people after Locke just, I don't know, they, 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 they wander off. They wander off. They say, those are my lineups. I'm going, it's family time. I'm going to eat dinner. They're doing whatever. Uh, and, they're, and they're not swapping enough. I mean, obviously there are plenty of players that do swap, but they're typically the sharper players. Do you want to be a sharp player? You have to late swap more. So be more inclined to swap in these situations. I mean, in a, in a good spot, like when Gary Harris was ruled out, because he, that happened after Locke, right? Gary Harris was ruled out that kind of bumps up value for someone like PJ Dozier. But then they announced Bol Bol was going to start. And it's like, okay, how do I play Bol Bol? Well, Bol Bol was 3K and center only also. But like Bol Bol in the starting lineup, is that, is that is that as valuable as McGee playing for Drummond? Is it as valuable as Gabe Vincent that started for the Heat? Now that game locked, so you couldn't really do much about it. But you have to kind of prioritize these things. But when, by default, think in terms of if if a player gets a significant enough of a bump by uh, a player being out. And you could look at this type of stuff on Court IQ here on Roto-Grinders. It's a premium tool. So you sign up for premium, rotogrinders.com slash premium. You can click on the link in the description below. You get $10 off your first month. But court IQ will tell you that you can go to court IQ and say, "I want these guys on the court. I want these guys off the court. And who benefits? Right? Take Gary Harris off. Take uh, uh, from from the from the Nuggets. And who benefits? Take uh, Drummond off. Who benefits? Right? Who sees their their uh, their usage bump? Who sees their assists and rebounds bump? Obviously, it's only been like two or three weeks in the NBA season, so the sample size is likely going to be small. But as the season goes by you'll be able to to research those types of things and those types of things that end up showing up in the projections anyway. So if you're a premium member, whenever, like when, when, when drumming gets ruled out, you know, our projections team within a couple of minutes has it all reflected in the projections. We even have in premium, what's called what if projections. So if we know like, if we, obviously, for the unexpected stuff, it's kind of hard to, hard to prepare for that. So our projections team is behind the scenes. Oh, someone's out. And, you know, it's, it's a fire drill. And they're all in there trying to figure out where the minutes and the usage goes and then update the projections a couple of minutes later. But we also have what-if projections that even earlier in the day, right, we could take a look here. I think I could bring it up from yesterday. I, they made what-if projections for Drummond. Like, we could look. Uh, do they still have it up? What if projections? I don't know where to find it, or did they take them down because it would be too confusing? I guess they took them down, right? But you could go here. I mean, we obviously have the core plays from uh, from Andy Means, which is already up uh, early in the morning. Uh, but you could go here, and there will be a set. It'll be an explanation of if Drummond is out. This is what this is what we predict the minutes and usage to look like. This is what the projection update would look like if. Uh, if Ben Simmons is out, this is what it would look like. If Embiid doesn't play, this is what it would look like. And they do the what if projections for like what we're, what we're looking for. Like a lot of times on, on, on that page, it's going to be what if, uh, AD or LeBron is out, right? Cause we, we always have them questionable because they just, apparently the Lakers are just going to do that all year, right? Just put two tags on them. One of them may play. They both may play, right? We never know. So you'll always get those what if projections uh, in premium, so so sign up for that. But we but we see here what what the 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 lineup constructions are. I mean, essentially it's all the heat plus choose two studs. You either paired it up with Embiid. Maybe some people went for the LeBron route, right? He was going to be eight percent owned. Harden eight percent owned. So a bunch of people they made they made lineups with them. Why not? They have ceilings, right? Deontay Murray fifteen percent owned. Make a bunch of those types of lineups. Jokic, right? You pair Jokic and Durant together. Like that was a great combination. LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Mal- obviously Malcolm Brogdon. The, the Pacers were a bit chalky. Shea Giggles, Alexander. You pair, I had a lineup where I paired SGA with LaMarcus Aldridge in the same game and then played the Heat, right? Like that's that's what most lineups look like. And that's what most sharp players did. Some combination, whether it, whether, Maybe in a lineup, they didn't play Olenek. Maybe in a lineup, they didn't play Vincent. But it's not like they didn't play Heat. It was, it was nearly impossible. For, these guys had, had median projections that were like well above everyone else. That it was, it was nearly impossible to build a lineup without them. But if you have any questions about last night's slate, uh, feel free to type in the YouTube chat. Remember, you YouTube chat people because you're giving me the thumbs up, right? The thumbs the subscribes, the bells, you are keeping my apple juice cold. You get my priority. If you show up here live, eleven in the morning, every, every weekday on the Road to Grinders YouTube, uh, I answer your questions first. If you listen on the podcast later, that's perfectly fine. Hi podcast people in the in the future that are listening to me, uh, you can feel free to come by and and, a- ask, uh, and ask your question live. Uh, but but they're, they're the priority. So sometimes we 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 go in a little little tangents depending on the questions being asked. But, uh, but uh, I, I, I care about the live people more than the past people, right? Live in the present, people, okay? People are talking about Danny Green in here. Yeah, Danny Green is like the most tilting player in the world, right? Oh, you roster him and he does nothing. And then you, you don't, but no one plays him and then he hits like 17 shots, no problem. So we already have news today uh, has come out uh, that the, the Hawks-Suns game has been postponed, okay? So, uh, so who are we taking out of the pool because of that? Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a disaster. NBA has turned into a disaster. Okay, so this slate has now turned into a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight to a seven game slate. Is the, is the Lakers Thunder game happening? We don't, have, or we just don't have a line for that, I guess here. Okay, so so we don't have to worry about the the Hawks and the Suns tonight. Is, is there a reason for that? Is there a COVID problem with those teams? It's kind of weird. i like, I like, okay, the Wizards having a problem. The Sixers having a problem. Dallas is having a bit of a problem. I didn't know about the Hawks and the Suns. Okay, we lost the game on today's slate. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dylan Frankel says red coat winning shows how good GP players can win at any sport. He's dominant in the soccer lobby. Yes, I play, I play red coat 85 all the time. I've been playing him for five plus years in the soccer lobby. Yes, he's an enigma. He's not on the Roto-Grinders leaderboard. He's one of those guys that he's not going to let you track his play. Uh, so, uh, so you may not see you may not see the points on the leaderboard. But Redcoat eighty five is one of one of the best players at all of DFS. Uh, Tony Tishauer says not playing the heats meant just paying the rake. Well, thank you, people, to all the people that didn't play all the heat last night. We we appreciate your contribution. So, uh, so, so the rake was paid uh, last night. And even in cash games, like I, I'm tracking my, my cash game play, as you know, and you could go to tracker.theoryofdfs.com to get a link to this. I mean, you can't edit or anything, but you could look at it. But yesterday was a profitable day by 50 bucks in cash games, right? One on DraftKings, one on Yahoo, FanDuel didn't get all the way there. What a bunch of head-to-heads. But uh, didn't, didn't make it in some of the double-ups in the 50-50s. But overall, as I always say, diversifying your cash play, Allows you to now have reduction of variance. Like you'll go up slower, but your, your hits won't be that bad. So, like, you know, I, I'm perfectly fine with uh, adding 50 bucks to the bankroll. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Right. A little underwater on Yahoo. We're getting a little, we're getting our heads above water on DraftKings. And of course, FanDuel is kind of carrying us. But I mean, that number is going down. All of this is variance. Right. A month from now, it may be like, oh, winning all the money on DraftKings and FanDuel, I'm on a losing streak. Right. So, Playing on all three sites uh, is it, beneficial. So like a 57.38% win rate, still above water on 61 total slates out of all this, but we'll see how it goes. So if you want to track this with me, go to tracker.theoryofdfs.com. Uh, so I, I don't want to say the whole Google, the Google doc, Docs.google.com slash spreadsheets and then a whole bunch of numbers. No, it's just easy, easier to go to that link. And uh, if, you, if you're just interested, this is reality, okay? Anyone that tells you they win 80% of the time in cash games is lying to you, okay? So this is why I'm showing, this is my actual money in play. I started with $20,000 of my quote bankroll, right? Which is 10% of my like actual bankroll. And I'm investing 10% of that, whatever this number is every day. And then showing like by the end of the season, how much money do you have at the end? And that's that's a realistic this is realistic cash gameplay, but uh, I know you people uh, care more about the GPPs. Me too, I care more about the GPPs. Uh, so Jesse Atfield says, uh, uh, well, people are talking about McGee in the chat. I thought McGee would have still been 50% owned at 3.8K. We know how productive he was, like on DraftKings. Yeah, well, the problem, the problem with that is that when that news came out, most people were occupying their center spot with Olenek or or Precious which, which just basically leaves out one slot for, for someone to play in that. So like, if you're, if, if you're already paying down at all your spots, like, how do you play in McGee? Like in my cash lineup, I had five heat in my lineup when that news came out. So I had, uh, Vincent, Hero, Iggy, Olenek, and Precious. Like, why do I need McGee? I have all the sell. My, my last three spots are Curry, Sabonis, and Durant. So where does McGee fit in? Oh, I'll go down to McGee and then leave what? 4,000 on the table? I still need raw points. So you can understand how McGee wasn't necessarily like super owned even, even after the late swaps. It's just that, you know, if, if the Heat game was at eight Eastern, then McGee would have been way higher owned because then you could pivot around some Miami pieces. a lot of people locked in Miami uh, beforehand, which means that a $3,800 player, just why you have Jokic in that spot. So, I mean, and you have the salary, like why I'm going to, I'm going to go down from Jokic to McGee for no for what I'll take the 70 points from Jokic over the, the, the 10. Yes. McGee may go 10 X for 3,800, but I still want more raw points and then leave 5,000 on the table. And on, on, FanDuel, uh, McGee uh, was power forward eligible and uh, and it, you got to kind of get handcuffed there also. It, Cause on FanDuel, the heat weren't, weren't a thing, right? The heat weren't, they, they took off that game then they must've either expected it to cancel or they just didn't want you to have to deal with it uh, and to play all the heat in your lineup. So, so McGee was a, a little bit more uh, viable on FanDuel. A lot of people played uh, uh, like you would have played McGee over Trey Lyles at that point. So I think Lyle's a bonus before the news was like the chalky combination, but Lyle's and McGee were virtually the same price. So you obviously upgrade to McGee in that scenario. David Oak says, I even anticipated the McGee news before lock and at 75% of it could have turned out a lot better. Yes. You could do that too. I mean, take a shot and prepare your lineups and say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plug in McGee. And then see what happens. I mean, you had 22 minutes after that. If, if, if at 7.08, they say Drummond's going to play, well, then you could, you could now revert and you could start taking McGee out of your lineups. And it's still, even having a $3,800 McGee in your lineup, Drummond gets into enough foul trouble. I mean, maybe it's still fine anyway, but you do one of the two. Either think in your head, I'm going I'm to act as if Drummond's out and I'm going to build my lineups that way. So that when it happens, you don't even have to do anything or you do the opposite way. I'm going to play as I'm going to build my lineups as if Drummond's playing, and then prepare for if if he doesn't play, and then at that time start making the switches in your lineups. I I prepared the other way. I prepared for I thought Drummond was just going to play, right? So most of them, I I played five GPP lineups. I did I didn't play. I actually played Fonmaker in one of them. Uh, he, he managed to get 15 points for me. Uh, he fit he fit in that center spot. I I was making a Contrarian lineup to begin with, but that didn't get there uh let's see yeah matthew p says mickey barely didn't even play the last 18 minutes he could have smacked you're right he could have but they they blew him out okay going through chat going through chat I I i love seeing all you guys here in chat so so feel free to hit the thumbs up button let's see uh scrolling through scrolling through David Oaks asks, hi, Jordan. I remember you said a while back about MLB DFS is that the first thing you do is take everybody out of your player pool and only add in the players you want. Do you do this for NBA DFS too? Yes, that's, that's exactly what I do. I mean, I'll, I mean, essentially when I'm building like a hundred, you know, lineup build, like what I'll do is here in lineup HQ is I'll exclude all. I'll go, get out of here. I don't want you guys in here, right? And then I'll go back to the excluded tab and I'll go game by game right i'll go game by game i'll sort by you know good players that are projected i'm like okay we got uh got these guys are projected well so i'm like i'm gonna put these guys back in and then on the charlotte side is there is there decent decently projected guys here 26 lamella i guess Lamelo. so are we gonna play Lamello? okay maybe we play Lamello. i don't know who if i'm gonna play these guys but just like who are the best projected okay Giannis and drew and then I'll go over to detroit uh is there anyone on the uh, yeah this is yeah, maybe Jeremy Grant right I'm going I'm, this is not what I would actually do I mean this is obviously it's it's 11 30 in the morning so I don't know who I'm playing but this is what I got okay Durant and Allen go to the Knicks Randall Robinson I don't know what the I don't know what's going to happen with the guards today maybe Rivers so this is what I'm doing I'm just going through and just including all the players that I want to include and building liners from them so I'm not I'm not getting a garbage player in the lineup that I don't want to play Right, And then just building with those players. And if I need to go back, I can always go back because I'll do all of this and you'll find, oh, these are the players that I want to play. And then you realize that you like only have one small forward in your pool. So it's like, unless I go back and get more small forwards, this guy's going to be in hundred percent of my lineups. So I, I better find uh, another small forward or two that, I, that, that, are, that are worth playing enough that they could build, uh, they could be in good lineups, so, so yes. There's a there's a way to do that in Lineup HQ. So, you know, Lineup HQ and optimizers should not be making decisions for you. You should be telling it what to do. So when you when you go when you go to Lineup HQ or any optimizer of your choice, uh, I suggest Lineup HQ. Uh, like if you're going to build 100 lineups, don't be like, oh well, why am I getting eight percent Ken more Like if you don't want to play him, just X amount. Build lineups without him. Like don't 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 let the tool, tell you what to do. You tell the tool what to do. Okay. That, that should be, that should be the rule. You tell the tool what to do. Right. Uh, Nate Brad, Branshaw asks, were you running Philadelphia guys back in your lineups because the heat were so chalky? Yeah. Why not? I, I, Embiid was 16% owned. Did you see that? I thought he was going to be twice as owned. He was, he was a little bit he was almost twice his own in the contest I was playing, but I mean we take a look here that the heat are chalk and Embiid is only sixteen percent owned. Like I thought this was going to be thirty, right? I understand Simmons ownership. I thought Simmons was going to be like twelve, and Embiid would be like twenty-eight to thirty. Well, doesn't it make sense? Why why weren't people why weren't enough people doing that? Yes, it makes complete sense. I mean even Nate Branch on the chat knows are you running Philadelphia guys back in your lines? Cause the heat was so chalky. Yeah. The problem is I did it in one lineup. I played five lineups. I only did it in one lineup. Cause I thought that would be the chalk. Tr- I thought Embiid would, I thought that's what people would do. I thought it was too obvious. And unless, unless everyone kind of leveled themselves and said, well, I'm not doing it cause it's too obvious. And maybe, maybe people thought that maybe people thought exactly the same thing that I did and said, no, no, I, if I do four heat plus Embiid, like how do I get leverage elsewhere? Like that's like, that's super chalk. So I'm gonna play other studs instead, right? But I guess, I guess, I guess a lot of other people did that also. Uh, Shane Newman asked, what stat categories in RG lineup HQ should you prioritize when building cash game lineups? Well, if you're building cash game lineups, just you're just you're just going by the you know the projections. What I what I would suggest if you're building cash game lineups is to just you know set your build rules on, you know, defaults or whatever, right? Make 20 lineups. Or something and just see what comes up. Right. See who co- just see who comes up the most. Right now, according to our 9-10 in the morning projections, which may not mean much. We see obviously we have Lonzo Ball out today. So we get NAW, Nikhil, Alexander Walker, Bledsoe, who's questionable, so we don't even know about him. Oh, a lot of Boban, Oh, we got Boban today, right? Because their front court is 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 dead, I guess. Right. They have no kleber, no Powell. Porzingis is coming back, but I mean, they still need a center pretty much. So we're gonna get like Boban, James Johnson, Willie Cauley-Stein, right? This is just 20 lineups. If you wanna build, you could build like a hundred. So this is the way that you could research cash game lineups. So I'm gonna build a hundred with just one unique player, doesn't matter. Just look to see who comes up the most in, the, in, in optimal projected lineups, median projected lineups. So you build a hundred. Cause the top one may have a guy that's only in three lineups out of hundred and be like, is that, is that optimal? I don't know. I don't know about that. that may be, you may be taking on too much variance there. Cause it's, it's, using, it's using the projections that are in there and our projections are great. We have one of the best projections if not the best projections for basketball in the entire industry. So you go here, I built a hundred lineups. You get, look, 99% NAW, NAW, NAW. Bledsoe 98%, Durant 93%, Ingram 67%, Luca 58%, James Johnson. Like you basically here. You can cut it off here, right? So this looks kind of like a cash line. You're not gonna be able to fit all of these guys in, but this will kind of tell you what the construction should kind of look like. You're most likely playing, you're most likely playing like these guys, right? If they're coming up hundred percent no, Bledsoe, Durant, right? you're most likely playing those guys, right? You're most likely playing at least one of the the, the Dallas centers. Maybe you're playing Boban. You probably maybe playing James Johnson in another forward spot, right? You look like that. You have a couple of spots here and then you just, how do I fill that out? If Chris Paul, Ingram, Randall, this would be kind of a cash flow. And you could see who are you more likely to play by just, just running our projections running hundred lineups, running 300 lineups, if you want, or a whole bunch of lineups and see who shows up the most. They're most likely going to be optimal in your, in your cash game builds. That's the way to use the tool. People think of lineup HQ as, Oh, I'm not playing 150 entries. Why do I need to use it? Oh, I'm not playing the 20 max. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm only building three lineups. So it's like, no, you can use lineup HQ as a research tool. That's what I use it for. I'm building five. I'm I'm playing these single entry three max tournaments more now and not building hundred lineups like I did before. So that doesn't mean I'm not looking at this. This is open on my screen all day, all day. Projections update, ownership updates, stats update. I go, okay, that's interesting. How could I pair this guy and this guy together? Right. I'm doing stuff like this in in lineup HQ. I'm going, okay, uh, Durant's going to be chalky, but it's going to be, how about if I play Durant and Randall together? Can I make a decent lineup with that? Press Optimize. A uh, Paul, Bledsoe, Ingram. It's like, okay, that isn't bad. Still got a little too much chalk in here. I got, well, obviously Paul's going to be out because the, that game got canceled. So I go, okay, let me X him out. Right? I go to Paul, X him out. What type of lineup looks like? Well, I got LaMelo in there. Like a LaMelo. Uh, okay. And Bobon and James Johnson. I go, okay. Uh, these lineups are doable. Now let's say I want to play. I go here, and I say, uh, like, let's see who projects, projects smash percentage. I go, uh, well, McCollum. He may be a little underowned today. McCollum. They're playing Sacramento again. I think it seems like Portland and Sacramento are always playing each other, or Chicago, or something. It always seems like that. So maybe I play uh, McCollum in a lineup, and I play Fox with him. Does Fox project decently? Nineteen eh, percent, maybe. Eh. Uh, how about Bagley? Because Holmes may be out, 14%. But let's say I did want to do that. McCollum, Bagley. What would these lineups kind of look like? Well, I would need Gary Trent in there, pay up for Luca. So this is kind of what I'm doing all day, right? Not like all all day. I'm not just like staring at the screen for seven hours doing this. But throughout the day, I'm going, oh, this may be an interesting way to go. How, does, how, does the, how do these lineups project? What what's positional spots do I need? in order to make these lineups work and compare based on the points and the ownership to the other types of directions that I wanted to go. That McCollum Fox route may project way lower than another route that I, that I'm, that I'm looking to go. And I go, well, is it worth, is it worth playing? I go, no, I'm going to play the other. Okay. So that's what you could do in lineup HQ. It's not just about building a hundred lines. Uh, let's see, Sean Rogers asks, uh, hi Jordan, I'm rather new to NBA DFS and building my bankroll. Would you suggest focusing on cash games, single entry, small field GPPs or a combination of both? Uh, it really depends on what contest you're playing and what your strengths are. Like it's, it's, not, it's not a matter of like what, there's no such thing as the best contests. Well, the best contests for, for you, what, what, is, what is your strength? I, I, I believe, I truly believe that uh, in, in this day and age in 2021, that uh, if, you, if you're starting with like 500 bucks, uh, don't bother with cash games, don't bother with double ups, don't bother with head to heads. The, the edge in those games is so small that it's gonna take you forever. You might as well get another part-time job, work at McDonald's rather than play them because it, it, it would be easier and you have no risk. Once you get it to a decently sized bankroll where the raw money matters and having a 3% ROI is okay, then that's fine. But imagine having a 3% ROI and you're playing $50 in cash, right? So a, a 3% ROI, what's 3% of 50 bucks? $1.50. Okay? So your expectation that slate is a $1.50. Okay? Now if you're playing 3% of 3000, okay, that's 90 bucks. It's like, okay, that's 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 much be- that's much better. That's still minimal. This is why I show my bankroll tracker for the, for the cash games. That's why I did that spreadsheet to show how how small the edge really is in cash games but at volume it can be worth it. So my, my attitude is is focus on uh, the smaller field uh, GPPs and you know play within your the means of your bankroll 5% or less and and get good at those because uh, you can have some min caches. You, you can keep yourself stable enough, along the way but i mean you within one 1 gpp you could win $5000 and then okay now you get a very big boost to your bankroll so it, it to me it depends on the size of your bankroll but it's not that cash games aren't beatable it's that it's a very small edge so when you have a small amount of money you have to go in if you went in with 500 bucks in cash games and said i'm going to play 10% of that every day by the end of the year yes, you'll you'll probably turn 500 into $2000 so which is which is great okay if that's your goal that's great but just understand you played the entire year to make $1500 because you only started with 500 but if you if you end up getting to a point where you have 20,000 when you have 30,000 you could turn 30,000 into 90,000 so like $60,000 at the end of the year that's a different story. So that that's the main reason for that. It's not. It's not one is better than the other. Is that for the size of your bankroll, you may be better off taking more risks when you have a smaller bankroll that you could replenish, right? That you could yeah oh, okay I'll deposit another hundred dollars later, you know that type of thing, and take shots. Still only use a small percentage of your bankroll, but you're more likely to have turning that five hundred into. 50,000 at the end of the year doing that than cash games. It's not going to happen. You're going to play cash games. You're not turning 500 into 50,000 at the end of the year. That ain't happening. Okay. Anyone that tells you that is lying. Okay. Let's go through the YouTube chat while I'm scrolling through. I mean, these are old questions. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to everyone. I'm trying to get to everyone. As always, if, if I don't get to your question today, feel free to, to tune in tomorrow. This is every weekday. Can you believe it? Every weekday, 11 in the morning Eastern here on Roto Grinders YouTube, hit that thumbs up button to keep my apple juice cold. It's still cold. Uh, Trey McCray asks, uh, QQ, from what I'm understanding, if you react to news, it's always the right play. Okay. Always and never is not, is not a good DFS terminology. There's never an always and there's never a, there's never a never right? It's always be more inclined, be more likely, less likely, not always not. And there's no right or wrong. What I'm saying when it came to like the McGee news is that because less of the field is going to do it out of inattention, not, not strategically. People are not, people are not late swapping, not because they're strategically deciding I'm deciding not to late swap. No, they're just not paying attention. They don't understand the value of late swapping. So less of the field typically late swaps. So once lock hits, any other change that happens after lock or very close to lock where people can't react fast enough, be more inclined to go in on those because you're going to get them at lower ownership than you would have if the news came out five hours before lock. That's the point that I'm making. Does it end up being the right play or the wrong play? We don't know. All I know is it's going to be lower owned than it should be. And your goal in DFS and GPPs is to play lineups that are lower owned and higher projected that they should be. You're, you're, getting, you're now given a chance when McGee projects well with Drummond out to build a better projected lineup that will also be lower owned than it should because McGee's ownership is going to come in at 22% and not 44% because of the late swap. But if, if we had the McGee News at noon that day, McGee like would be 45% owned. and I'd be like, okay, you could play him or you don't play him. There would be no not, there would, wouldn't be as much benefit of playing him than getting him at 22% owned after luck. So it's not a never or always thing. It's just be more inclined. If a good value shows up because of late news, uh, be more inclined. don't think in terms of, Well, I don't know if I should do that. I should change what I'm doing around. It's like you're in GPPs. You're more likely to get a benefit from doing so in the long run. If it turns out that that guy duds, don't sweat it. Move on to the next slate. Judge it by the ownership. Did you get that guy way lower on than you should? McGee was on. McGee was seriously on his way to a 45 point game. Game blew out. He didn't get He barely played in the second half. I get it. He still got 26 points, which is still great for 3,800. But only 22% of the field had him, right? So it doesn't matter. If Biggie got injured the first play of the game, it doesn't make it a wrong play, right? You look at the ownership and you go, wow, I can't believe I got him at 22% done because of the late news. A deep threat asks, with the amount of blowouts this year, should we do less bringbacks than usual? Play more teammates than bringbacks? So I, I think there's a value to that. I've, I've, I've looked into, I've looked into that. I could see, but it's, it's kind of hard to predict what the blowouts are, right? It's, you can look at a spread and go, Oh, this game's going to blow out and it doesn't or it blows out the other way. Yes. There are more blowouts this year, but is that an aberration? It's only been three weeks. Maybe just, maybe just seeing a small sample of it. Maybe it's because of the short preseason. Maybe, maybe a lot of maybes, but maybe, Maybe you're right. You'd be more more in- attentive of do I really need to have enough- the other side of this game, right? Which is in NBA, you don't need to do to begin with. The correlation between two sides of a game is still very weak in NBA, right? It's much stronger in NFL, but it's, 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 it's positive, but it's weak. So don't feel inclined to having to, well, if I'm going to play two guys from the Mavericks, I'm going to have to play a Hornets player. You don't have to, right? It's not, it's not necessary. But if you're building lineups and you're saying, I want to play a bunch of Dallas and I want to play a bunch of Charlotte, it makes sense that they're both in the same lineup, right? Well, I'm going to have three Charlotte players in this lineup and no Mavericks. And I'm going to have three Mavericks in this lineup and no Hornets. It's like, no, if you're deciding to play Devontae Graham today or LaMelo Ball and Luca and one of the centers like Boban or WCS, like, doesn't that make sense to have like, well, I'm going to play Luca plus Boban plus Devante Graham. Like, okay, that two plus one. Okay. That makes sense. Cause you're planning on playing those players anyway. And you take a look at those lineups. You use a tool like lineup HQ. You lock in those players and see how how those lineups project. And you go, okay. They don't project that bad. Okay. I that That's a viable route. Who do I have to play in those types of lineups? Okay. That, that makes sense. Maybe you turn, maybe it turns out that uh, you play Lamella Ball and Luca and Willie Coley stein and it, and Like it gives you like, oh, now I need to play Gary Trent at small forward because there's no other path to do that because of the salary that I'm using. And then you go, okay, maybe that's, maybe that isn't as good of a route or you just, or maybe you don't mind playing Gary Trent. I don't know. Let's see. Going through the chat. This is gonna be a shorter show today. A lot of times we could, I should say, it's not going to be a shorter show. It's going to be a normal, normal time show. Uh, most of the time, this, this show should be about 50 to 60 minutes, but a lot of times we go over, uh, but uh, I do, I do have a meeting after, after this show. So get a couple of questions in late. I know we barely talked about today's slate, but is there a point? We don't know Blenzo's status, right? I mean, look, the Suns Hawks game just got canceled in the middle of the show, right? So that's why you sign up to premium rotogrinders.com slash premium kick a uh, hit kick, kick the link. Feel free to kick it, kick the like button, but it, click on the link in the description below. Ten dollars off your first month, and you'll able you'll be able to see all the projection updates and all the content later. Eric for does does a column, highlighting different uh, suggestions for GPP strategy. That's like a live blog type of thing. So we have tons of stuff uh, for for premium members, and I'm always in the Rotogrinders Discord right? Always. I'm always, I'm around most of the time. Uh, And I'm I'm typically there answering questions and stuff. A lot of times I'm answering the same questions uh, again and again, every every single day. And yes, I I do. Sometimes I look, I pulled my hair out so much, right? This isn't, this is not a COVID haircut, right? This isn't a COVID haircut that my wife gave me because I don't, I'm not going to go see a barber. No, this is me pulling my hair out because I'm answering the same question every, every day in the Rotogrinders grinders discord but if you want to join us there if you're a premium member uh click on the link to get ten dollars off your first month of rg premium uh pop 6870 blender in the premium content is the dvp tool good to use yet or should we wait a few more games truthfully i don't look at it because dvp is not predictive is the de- defense versus position is not a predictive stat so it's there if you want to look at it it's there but I'm telling you personally, uh, I don't, uh, it doesn't matter to me. What's a position in basketball, right? What what position does Kevin Durant play? I mean, like what, what positions are these players playing? It's kind of, it's very hard. These are very, these are descriptors. So it's very hard for, for DVB to be very predictive. Oh, they do, they do poorly against uh, a, a, opposing shooting guards. It's like, well, is Bradley Beal a shooting guard for the Wizards? Is he? Half the time he's the point guard. Westbrook half the time is a shooting. I mean, like, who are these players, right? Draymond Green, what position does he play? I mean, oh, they're bad against power forwards. Well, is Green a power forward? Technically, I guess, but I mean, that's why it's hard to use like DVP as any type of predictive value. So, but it's it's available if if you if you want to look at it. Oh, uh, let's see uh bk521 asks are you actively looking to late swap on this slate or is that just one of many strategies tonight? yes well well we have to see what possible news is out there right because we'll have the dallas charlotte game so we'll get that we'll get that starting lineup before lock to know what the hell's going on in their front court i mean who are the later games like brooklyn is durant gonna play durant says he's gonna play i think he says it's a back-to-back obviously if he doesn't play that you know lavert's value goes way up I mean, what's happening in the late news? We don't know what's going on with the Lakers with AD and LeBron. The Suns Hawks game got canceled. Um, I don't know what the Clippers are going to do with George and Kawhi. And do we have anything coming out of the the Portland Sacramento game? We have Nurkic right, because Nurk if Nurkic sits, then Cantor at four eight is, is pretty good. You know, you know what I should do? I should I should I should go to the I should go to the Situation Room. That, that's what I should do, right? Instead of looking through all this, right? We should go to the injury report. This is also premium content, people. I'm giving away stuff so much here, right? Right. So you can see in one in one highlight here, no, all the injuries, right? And then if if then, right? So Durant, impact rating ten, says he plans to play the back to back, but maybe he sits. Levert would be a top play as the main offensive option for the Nets while Harris green and TLC become solid value plays. Right. So like obviously Irving Irving's missing. So (laughs) Kyrie's somewhere, he was on zoom. I saw, I saw him yesterday. He was on some type of fundraiser zoom type of thing. Who knows where he is? Uh, I mean, we know uh, John Morant's out. Anthony town is expected to play, but if he's out, see this way, like Nurkic like Nurkic is 6,100. He's questionable with a quad contusion Cantor would likely start to be a very strong value play while Harry Giles moves to the backup center spot right here. So yeah, so you could see in one in one thing the injury report statuses and uh and the notes and the if-thens. Like if he's in, if he's out. And obviously, like, you know, do we care if Tori Craig is out? Tyler Johnson is doubtful. Like these are like very low impact. Obi Toppin, right? He's probable. Like it's more, it's You could sort by impact rating. So, you know, who's the most important to know about their injuries rather than, you know, guys that are in the backs of the rotations. So I'm showing you a lot of stuff today. Showing you a lot of stuff here. Premium roto grinders. Uh, Let's see. Joey Pichette asks, is there any position you make a priority? Centers have more upside for a double-double, but maybe wings have more scoring upside. Does position matter? No. I look to build the best lineups. So if it just so happens that the, the best projected value is at center, then I prioritize center. The best projected value is at shooting guard, then I play shooting guard. The positions are to me the positions are just what uh, I need to fit in a in the DraftKings or FanDuel you know slots. Like I don't care. Like if they want to ma- if they want to make Bradley Beal a center, like okay, that's fine. That just means he only fits in two spots. Like so, the actual positions don't matter that much to me. I want to build good lineups. And if it just so happens that it's at one position, then it is. Okay. Do we get one, one last question before we get out of here? Uh, one last question before we get out of here. Uh, can you speak, awesome, Awesomest D, can you speak to a opposite game correlation? How do you know which players to play against one another? You don't. All you're betting on is the game environment that if this game is close and goes over, it's likely that there'll be, there'll be a fire emoji on top of players on both sides of the game, right? So it's not necessarily like, which ones do you play? It doesn't matter. I tend to stay away from opposing centers. They're typically fighting over the same rebounds and uh, tend to foul one another. So I'm less likely, doesn't mean I don't, but I'm less likely to play opposing centers against each other. But outside of that play, play wherever you want, right? You don't have to do this. These, this, it's a very weak correlation, but given the choice, if you're going to play guys from one team and this other team and they're both playing each other, it makes sense. If you're building 20 lineups, why not play the guys from the same game together, right? Not five guys from the same game together, but if you're going to play, I'm going to play these two guys. And this one guy, like, doesn't it make sense. If you're going to play them both, like just put them in the same lot. That makes, that makes more sense. Uh, Kai Roach asks, uh, do you ever set the optimizer to optimize revenge instead of median projection? They haven't added that feature yet. I think Alan Lem has asked for that feature tons of times, right? He's our revenge expert. He's our narrative expert here at, at Roto grinders. Uh, and uh no, that maybe we should. Is there are, we we need to highlight the revenge games and optimize based on revenge. You want the all revenge lineup. The way that the way that NBA players move around from team to team, you could probably do it. I I think I think on every slate. As long as the slate is decently sized enough, I think you could find players that are playing against their old teams. Right? I I, I you almost have to, right? It has to happen. They move around so much that even I, I don't even know what, like uh, Lou, Lou Williams is in your lineup every, every night. Right. Right. We get to, <laughs> you get the same people in your lineup like every night, Nicholas, but Yeah, how many teams has he been on? Right. James Johnson, he's been on a bunch of teams, right there. There's always going to be revenge in every slate, but uh, it, it'll, it'll be till tomorrow till I get my revenge on the YouTube chat on your way out, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up hit the subscribe button. If you're not subscribed, hit the notification bell to let you know when I go live in the morning. Tonight, we got uh, Grinders Live here on the channel. We got crunch time for premium members. Uh, So until tomorrow, just as I do every weekday at 11 in the morning here on the Roto-Grinders YouTube, uh, I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at BlenderHD on Twitter. Follow me there. This has been the pre this has been the DFS the NBA DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com